Hello, everyone, and welcome to Chits and Chat. I am Kaz Gable. And I'm Alex Cruzy. And today we are off to a non-specific place of fantasy, I think. Is there actually a story arc to this game, or is it more... I don't know, but I never there is read the text. there is a world to this game. We've actually done another game in this world, which was yes, cartographers. cartographers, and it was delightful. Whatever this world is of <laughs> non specificity, uh, yeah. So this uh, we are going to talk about the game role player today, and uh, yeah, I'm hard pressed to say like what the world is, but it is a fantasy world. And the cool thing is, although it is somewhat like genericy, it definitely does feel like there is a lore here. Um, that is deeper than it than the just like the characters that you uh, see, or the or the just the kind of like a, I don't know, like a generic fantasy fantasy theme slapped on something. It does feel like they put thought into the lore of this, um, and maybe they didn't. I don't know. Maybe they just got me <laughs> with really good design. <laughs> but uh, but yes, we are going to talk role player today. This is going to be an interesting one. <laughs> I suggested this one, and I had never really played it. Uh, I thought it was a much smaller game than it is. So we're going to talk <laughs> about that later. <laughs> but uh, but there's some definitely bonuses for taking this one out too. All right, role player. It is a uh, one to four player game. It came out in 2016. It was designed by Keith Mateka. I'm sure I'm pronouncing that wrong. And uh, artist J.J. Ariosa and Luis Francisco, uh, published by Thunderworks Games. And uh, it is 60 to 90 minutes is what it's rated for. I'd say that's pretty good. There is a bit... uh, I can see this going longer, and we were talking about this before, and I'll sure we'll get into it, about player counts and um, the potential for some analysis paralysis here. But I definitely think if you're... Normal. If you're not normal, if you're a gamer, um, sixty to ninety minutes is probably about right. Uh, weight is is mid tier. It's rated at two point four on BGG. I think that's about right. It, it's pretty accessible. Excuse me, but there are um, some definite uh, decisions to be made and interwoven here. So, uh, although all the mechanisms are very easy to understand, um, how to interplay them is where the the rub comes in. But, uh, yeah, all right. I think I covered the basics. Let's talk about how we play it, and then we'll get into our uh, thoughts more on the game itself. All right. I'm going to do my best here. There's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot. (laughs) I'm going to try and just give the bare bones basics so I don't, like, explain everything. But if I miss something, I'll probably catch it later. It's it probably wasn't super important. I'll try and just hit the really important things. All right. So, uh, in this game, there's a bunch of stuff here it's mostly dice a couple of cards and some character sheets Uh, so each person gets a character sheet and there are stages and ways that everyone gets character sheets and backstories and all of this stuff but essentially every player is going to get a character sheet they are going to get a backstory they're going to get a class and they're going to get an alignment uh and they there are some of the where you have a little choice in how it goes but some of them it's just automatically assigned uh the 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 class uh basically kind of gives you goals for what you're doing with dice because you will be slowly building up your character stat sheet which is essentially what you're doing in this game you're you're building up your stats you're loving leveling yourself up with dice so you're placing these dice on six different characteristics those characteristics 
being and I can't remember them all and I want to do them all in order so I don't screw them up and I'm <laughs> looking at a rule book right now but everything's so tiny that I can't read it so I'm just going to <laughs> wing it here I'm going to say it's uh, strength dexterity constitution intelligence wisdom and charisma all right I can read tiny yep, text I think you got it there we go <laughs> <laughs> uh, they for purposes of the larger game they the, the names really mean nothing uh, but that for scoring points and doing different things they do mean something uh, and as I was mentioning, your class, uh, all it really does is it does two things. It gives you kind of a, a special ability. So it might be something where it's like, oh, every time you use a skill, you get a gold or something like that. It, it gives you a one-for-one -one type of a thing when you do this type of thing or you have this certain ability. Uh, but it also uh, tells you what your goal for each of those little six little uh, stats that you have. Because the dice that you place, the value that you are placing there, uh, gives a value to each. So if you place a six in strength, you've increased your strength by six. Uh, so the class is just like, oh, you want to shoot for between... 14 and 15 so somewhere in there and if you can do that you get a certain amount of uh, victory points or as they put them in this game as stars uh, they might have an actual name for it but I never really looked that up I'm just I, I'm always the quick yeah it's a star whatever a star is a star I love stars uh, <laughs> uh, so and each each of those is going to have a different range uh, usually one of them is like you have to hit 18 exactly and that is usually worth uh, four stars type of a thing uh, your backstory uh, is there's a bunch of words on it. I don't think I've ever read any of the backstories. The goal for the backstory is the dice not only have numbers on them, like dice usually do, uh, but each of the dice have different colors on them. Uh, the backstory basically kind of tells you how you want to place the colors. So each of the six things has one specific color that needs to be placed in one specific position because each of the six different characteristics has three positions on it and you will be filling those positions from left to right as the game plays out. Uh, you also have an alignment uh, which kind of moves around uh, based on things you buy or skills you use or actually uh, different dice you place in the wisdom characteristic uh, and you're kind of moving this alignment tracker around uh, and hopefully you can score points on it at the end of the game if you can position it correctly. Uh, th that's pretty much everything you're going to start out with. Uh, you also start out with, I think, five coins uh, and possible additional coins based on a couple of other things. But you also get, uh, I, and I'm not exactly sure how this works, but in a two-player game, you start with six dice. Uh, I think it's four more dice than the number of players. It's, it's, there's some math to it where it's the number of players. It's it's based on the number of players. I've only played a two-player game. Actually, I did play a three-player game, but it was so long ago that I don't remember. Uh, you get a certain amount of dice, and you're going to pre-populate your your uh, your your board with this your character sheet and again as I mentioned you'll be filling out your little things from left to right uh, in the initial thing nothing happens you don't get any special abilities when you place these because uh, it, it's just the beginning thing so you don't get to use your strength ability or your constitution ability which I will be getting into uh, when you do it you're just gonna be placing them uh, and you will usually you're trying to strategically go ah what do I want to what abilities do I, you want to use later so I don't want to quite fill that up or what backstory thing will this meet or how do these numbers fill out the class that I am trying to do. Uh, and once you fill that out, the game basically starts. Uh, the 
the person that's the first player uh, basically draws three dice from the bag, rolls them, uh, and then will place them on... Actually, it's it's technically one more die than the number of players. If I say a number, it's it's usually because I'm thinking of the two-player game. It's, it's Sorry about that. Uh, and uh, he will place them on initiative markers, one, two, three, or one, two, three, four, if you're playing a three-player game, and so on and so forth. Uh, one of those initiative markers has a gold coin on it, so it's kind of enticing you to take the one that's on there. Any ties on the dice, the person who's first player gets to decide what order to get placed in. They get placed from lowest to highest, uh, if I did not mention that. Uh, then, uh, starting with the first player, they will pick one of those dice to take and add onto their character sheet. Uh, if there's a gold coin on that initiative uh, marker, they also take that gold coin. Uh, when they place it in one of those positions, and again, the furthest left position that is available in one of the six different characteristics, uh, they not only add it to that sheet, but they get to use that ability. Uh, each of the six different characteristics have their own ability. Strength allows you to take any one of your dice, and, and um, as I say this, it's this is true for all of them when I say any one of your dice. It's any one of your dice. It doesn't have to be the die you placed. Uh, you get to flip over the die. So if it was showing a one, it's now showing a six. Or if it was showing a three, it's now showing a four. The standard way a die works. Uh, with dexterity, you can swap any two dice that are in your uh, character board. With constitution, you can increase or decrease one of your dice by one value. Uh, and this is not uh, a cyclical type of thing. Six does not go to one and one does not go to six. Uh, with uh, intelligence. You can take any one of your dice that you have placed on your character sheet and re-roll it. Uh, and technically, uh, you do not have to keep what you re-rolled. So if, say, it was a 2 and you re-rolled it and it's now a 4, you can either take the 4 or you can take what it originally was as a 2. Uh, and that's true for every time you re-roll it. Wisdom. I kind of mentioned this before. Anytime you place one in wisdom, you can move your little cube in your alignment tracker. Uh, and it's for possibly because you're trying to get more points or possibly because you need to be able to use certain skills or types of things. And I'll get into that a bit. And Constitution, uh, which I think is the most boring one, just gets you a diff discount on uh, things in the market for that round. That's that's all it does, uh, which is kind of sad. Uh, but, you know, they, they had to think of something. All right. Uh, <laughs> after each person has taken their die, uh, then starting with whoever got the earliest in the initiative, uh, they have the chance to purchase something from the market. There will always be, I believe, one more thing in the market than there are number of players. Uh, the cost is shown on the card, so they're going to vary in cost. Uh, but when you purchase it, you get to add it to one of the four different uh, spots around your character sheet. There are skills, traits, weapons, and armor. Uh, skills basically give you uh, a bonus action to do. You can exhaust the card, kind of tip it sideways uh, to say, I'm using this on a turn. You can use as many skills as you want, uh, but you can only refresh one every round. Uh, the traits are something that just applies for the rest of the game for you. Usually they're game-ending uh, things, but occasionally they might be something that uh, pertains to things as you play the game. Uh, weapons, uh, you can have at most two hands worth of weapons. The weapons usually indicate how many hands Although there are some classes that allow you to have four hands worth of weapons, those crazy four-handed uh, classes. Uh, and then uh, they usually do things like give you, uh, again, bonus actions or things like that. Sometimes they make things cheaper. Uh, they, they usually help you in some way. And then armor is usually, and I don't think there's anything separation from it, it's basically straight up points, but if you can get a lot of the same.
basically the way you're building out your board. This continues on over and over again. Uh, player turns will rotate back and forth. Uh, you will continue to, to cycle through stuff, use your skills, grab more dice, buy more things. And there's other things you can do, like you can, uh, instead of buying something, you can discard to get more coins. If you add yellow dice to your board, you get extra coins, uh, different things. A couple of the fiddly things that I kind of left out that uh, are important in the actual game, but for understanding how the game works aren't super important. Uh, it will continue on until uh, everybody has filled their character sheet because you're all grabbing one die every round. Uh, once your character sheet is filled uh, and you finish out that round, the game is over and you will tabulate your scores. Your score is being based on a number of things. If you can get your alignment thing, uh, wherever your alignment thing is, it could be some place where you've added points. It could be some place where you've lost points and technically it could be some place where you don't do anything. Uh, so just wherever that alignment tracker is, you score those points. Uh, for every die in your field that is of your cube color, which I did not bring up because really it only <laughs> pertains to this uh, and possibly other card effects, but each person is given a cube color based off of their class. Uh, every every uh, die that you have that matches your class color uh, will earn you a point. Uh, every class, uh, you basically look at your cl class card and look at how many of your uh, attributes match uh, the range that were given, and you score those points. Your backstory for all of the dice that match the proper colors, depending on how many uh, color dice you got to match, you will score a certain requisite amount of points. Uh, and then basically all of the cards that you have that score you points. So it's possible that weapons are scoring you points. Traits can be scoring you points. Um, it's possible skills will be scoring you points, but I have I don't remember any of them doing that. And then obviously the armor that will score you points. Uh, all of those things add together. Whoever has the highest score wins. Uh, if there is a tie, then whoever has the most gold wins. Uh, if there is still a tie, I believe it is whoever has the least amount of dice in their class color wins. And I I think after that, uh, the tied players share the victory. But other than that, that is how to play the game. And there we go. Yes, there's a lot to this, but once Whew. you get into it, it's it's pretty straightforward. It, it makes a lot of sense how the mechanisms interplay. I mean, at its core, it's just uh, arranging dice to build a character, as you might expect in a game called Role Player, and you're building a D and D character, a D and D style type character. Um, but I really do. I was impressed. I was not sure what to think of this game. I just, I'd heard about it a lot, and I heard you know I know people really love it, and it's very interesting the way they approached it. And I I always got a kick out of the idea that there's a game just making a character, not making them do anything. And I know there's expansions <laughs> that does that, but not having them do anything, but just creating the character. And uh, I was impressed. I gotta say, I I thought they did this really well, and it was really interesting how they approach making that fun <laughs> and an actual game. And, you know, the, the keys are, of course, is like the, the it is fun to make a D&D &D character and kind of think it up. But, of course, this has restrictions that you have to make it within, which is which is nice. That's where the challenge comes in. So you're gener you're generically given or randomly given a, uh, a character type. So, you know, it could be a rogue or a warrior or whatever. Uh, a backstory, which is cool, that gives you uh, – um, an idea of like who you are to sort of base the thing. It doesn't really matter who you are. 
<laughs> to be honest, the backstory is just flavor text, but it's welcome flavor text. And then your your alignment is really fun. I really like the way they alignment. But basically, suffice to say, all of these things that you're gener- you're randomly given are just more ways to trickle in the stars, the points at the end of the game. And you can focus. Uh, you should focus on all of them, but you can kind of primary focus on one or the other or uh, as the game goes you're going to find yourself focusing on one or the other more um at, at any given time so anyway yeah really impressed with how they did this game and how they made it actually fun <laughs> and, and interactive and in, in a really cool way um Let's see. What else can we talk about this game? I, I have to say, overall, uh, the artwork here is great. I mentioned before it's a little bit kind of like fantasy generic, but I, I kind of take that back. I, when I was saying that, I was kind of thinking of the player boards. Those are a little fantasy generic. You've got orcs, warriors, or orcs, humans, halflings, dragonkin, um, the, uh, dwarves, uh, elves. You've got all the base character types that are races that you would think of in a fantasy, but where the flavor of the world comes in is in the uh, trait or skill cards, um, some of the armor. It's all very, very well done art that definitely seems to have a self-referential um, through fair within it, where there's a lot of like armor you can buy that you might see similar things in uh, the pictures of some of the trader skill cards. And so it definitely feels like you are existing within a specific thought out world, which is pretty cool. Yeah. Uh, what is your experience taking this out? So we played a two-player game, and you've played two-player, but you also have played three. Yeah. Um, how do you feel this game kind of stacks between those two-player counts? Uh, I mean, it it changes it a little bit. Basically, uh, a two-player, you know, you you don't have a lot. There there are a few interactions between players that will happen. Uh, certain skills might allow you to, you know, mess up other people. I think you had a skill that allowed you to, to change the dice that were in the uh, initiative track uh, a couple of times and a few things like that. You can, you can sort of mess with people. You can also kind of pay attention to what's coming out in the market. So if you're like, ooh, gosh, you know, they have a lot of uh, gold coins. I don't want them to get the greed card because then they're going to be able to make a lot of points off of that those coins at the end of the game. You can kind of hate draft and be like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to purchase that for myself. Or you can just take it. Uh, get rid of it, and you get two coins just for getting rid of it. So uh, there's a little bit more interaction, a lot more things where you have to kind of pay attention to what other people are doing, or someone might be like, ooh, I don't want you to get that third set of that armor. I've got to get rid of that. So there's a, just – it's a the, – the only real change is just you have a few more things to pay attention to uh, uh, stacked on top of a game where you're already paying attention to a lot of stuff just on your own board. Uh, that That's right. the, the thing. You're, you're trying to keep track of so many things. You're like, all right, I need this color here, but not only that. I need this number here, but not only that. I need this open space so I can swap these two dice later on, but not only that, I need to make sure that I purchase first in line so that I get the thing so someone can't hate draft me. But not only that, <laughs> I need to make sure I have enough money to be able to buy the thing. But not only that, I need to make sure my alignment token is in the right position so that I can use the skills so that I can do the thing that I need to do. There's so many, like, <laughs> it's just layers upon layers upon layers. And you are going to mess up at least once or yeah. twice somewhere along. I, I did it so many times. I'm like, oh, God, I put a blue die there. I needed to put, oh, God, and that means I have to use this ability twice, which means I need to have enough space to use that. And it's just like, it's, oh, God, when you make one mistake, you feel like you've gone back three steps. Uh, so it's just like it. it's it's a lot of layers. And then the fact if you're playing with more people, there's just a 
bit more layers onto it because now you have to pay attention to additional people of, okay, how are they going to affect the market? How might they use their skills to screw me up? Uh, you know, what, what do I need to worry about before it gets to my turn that might change how things work? And so it's, it's, that's really the only uh, thing that changes it. Although the added players kind of give you a little bit of buffer time, depending on who you're playing with, to kind of figure out what you are going to do. Uh, but then on the downside, it is if you're playing with a bunch of people who don't really know what they're doing, uh, it gives you way too much buffer time uh, to decide what you're going to do. You've already figured out what you're going to do. And someone else is deciding, gosh, do I want this dice? Do I want that dice? How should I do? And you've already figured it out. And by the time they figured out what they're doing, you've already forgotten what your plan was. And that, <laughs> right. yeah. that, that can be a little bit of a downside is because there's so much layered on top uh it it can kind of draw out especially with a few more people what that thinking time is going to be although if if everyone is on point uh it shouldn't be too bad but chances are you're not playing with four people who are just raring to go with this game so that it's probably going to slow it down a little bit with four players yeah that i'd agree there's an analysis paralysis potential here for sure and it it's it's a thinker more than you might expect. I mean, it's not it's not a heavy game, so it's not like playing Tolkien or something like that. And you're like, oh my god, <laughs> what do I do? <laughs> what are my next moves here to make them actually effective? It, but it is a lot of interconnectivity that, uh, as you mentioned, and so I don't know. I, I was thinking about this before because I, I really enjoy the game. But as the game progresses and you're getting closer and your board's filling up with dice and there's less play to put them and where you put them, you really have to kind of figure out, OK, I'm, I'm going to use up my strength now. So I, I kind of want to use strength later. How can I do that? Um, and and so I feel like. I don't know. You could play you could try to play this in two different ways. Uh, I guess you could just sort of play lighthearted to a theme, but it sort of inevitably draws you into just playing the the math of the game or the the structure of the game. Um in that way. And so there really isn't a way to completely avoid analysis paralysis, but I guess the only advice I would give is just to try to play it lighter. <laughs> like not yeah. play this lighthearted as a lighthearted game and not to worry too much about honestly not worry too much about winning. I mean try to win of course as usual, but but this is a this is just a fun structure. It's it's sort of a silly interesting way to build up a character and think more of like what the dice mean. I think that's that's one thing that I definitely got lost until the end is is thinking like I'm making my dragonkin warrior who was an orphan <laughs> street urchin <laughs> and who has like not even like very like what was my I think the only thing I got was strength and I missed every single benchmark for all of my other you, abilities yeah. oh. so I'm just a strong idiot who's who's uh I just kind of there's an unintentional humor here of the characters that you create or intentional I'm sure actually of the humors you you or the characters you create and what they actually end up being capable of doing I had a lot of skills and only one trait that I was honest, <laughs> but and to think of like that character overall is really funny to, to imagine. And so um, I don't know. You could play. You could play different ways. You could really take it as, as this very thinky game where you've got to really map it out. And there's a lot of ways to take advantage. And there's some definitely um, you know, thinking several turns ahead. And or you could just stick all that back a little bit and still play competitively, but just kind of try to be more light about it. <laughs> yeah. But either and way, there is going to be a bit of analysis paralysis here. Yeah. And technically, I mean, as you kind of get better at the game, the the one thing you really, I think, makes makes you uh, a standout player is knowing when you can give up on something. Because there is something to be said sure. for certain things where it's just like, you know what? 
I, from the get-go, there's no way I'm going to be able to make this goal for strength or whatever, or it's going to be very difficult. You know, I'm just going to give up on that. I'm going to let that be something I can kind of throw dice where I don't need them or use it to, you know, pad my other stats, uh, which will – and then you can make up for that with things that come out in the market or with certain skills. Uh, you can kind of be like, well, I don't have to care about that because the things I got through the market are making up for the loss that – I don't get those, you know, two extra points from from strength or possibly, you know, one extra point, you know. And so you kind of figure out, okay, you know, I wasn't able to I was trying to go for this midway through the game and it's just not working out. It might be better if I just kind of let that go. Maybe it'll work out in the end, but probably won't. I'm going to try and take that energy that I was thinking about of how to fix this and just focus on just Let's just change tack, and it it actually can work out in this game because of the way the market works, because of the way you're kind of allowed to kind of fumble with things. It, it, it's a game where you feel like, ah, oh, I've lost that ability. There's no way I'm going to be pulled this off. Yet, you can usually find a way to kind of change something about it. There's a lot of stuff in the market uh, that can kind of give you a boost or can give you a way to kind of get extra things that you thought you didn't have before. So it's it's a it's a little bit forgiving and I kind of like that because it it doesn't make it so you don't you don't have to be crunching your brain every time. You can be like, all right, I'm gonna do that because the way I played last time I'm like, I'm just gonna buy these things in the market that allow me to kind of bend these numbers and uh you know, make it so that, you know, I don't have to hit that number exactly. I can kind of fudge it a little bit. And I've kept buying all of those things just to make it easier for me so I didn't have to worry about, oh, God, I really need to pick up a three or a four. And if I don't get a three, I'd pick up stuff where it's like, oh, well, now I, I can pick up a three, four, five, six, or, you know, and, and, and it still works for me. And so you can kind of make things work depending on how the game changes based off of what comes out of the deck. Yeah, yeah. No, I I totally agree with that. I that's a good point too about kind of knowing when to let go of of things. And cuz my first time playing this, I was trying to do it all. Yeah. <laughs> and I ended up doing almost none of it. <laughs> I, I had just a ridiculously low score cuz I kind of I got kind of lost track of uh, like I, I hit the the uh backstory requirements and I uh, what else did I do? I did something else well, <laughs> but then I missed basically everything for the kind of what the main. I would consider, I guess, the main uh, point swell you can get is is hitting your um, character type, like warrior or yeah, your um, class. rogue or whatever. Your class, yeah, there you go. Uh, those points, those those are the easiest and most obvious ways to get a bunch of stars or victory points at the end. There's a lot more ways to do it, but uh, as you start the game, it the those are the three ways to do it: your alignment, your class, and your backstory. And then suddenly you get all these options in the uh, in the market cards where you're like, "Oh, I get points that way, that bad way." And I just tried to do everything and ended up doing virtually nothing. <laughs> so um, it was still really fun, and I enjoyed the play quite a bit. But uh, but that's a really good point about just learning to let things go and sort of specify or try to um, um, I don't know. Like, there's a reason those three things are the base are the starting things of, of point generation because they are very important and you should be keeping them in mind because they're quite a big amount of points to be had there. And so at least do those <laughs> and, and then try to supplement that plan with um, other cards or trait cards or the market cards and stuff like yeah. that. So 
Yeah, no, I, I I totally get that. Especially another other thing you mentioned about just the experience of playing the game too. There is a bit of a that that sort of expectation of what the game kind of presents you with, and it's a lot. And there's a lot of cool things to look at and explore. This and even though this is a game about creating an adventurer, you are not on an adventure. <laughs> so like, I'm gonna see what all the weapons and armor are like, and I'm gonna get all the traits, and I have no points at all. <laughs> I mean, there's sort of this sense of wanting to do all that, but. Um, but the game is kind of trying to guide you, and so I definitely think if we played again, I'd have more of a sense of like, okay, hey, I'm just going to cover my bases, and then I'm going to do some other stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh, yeah, this is this is a really cool one. I I I definitely see why people like this game, and I I would like to try the expansions to see how you can actually do something with your character after the fact. Um, to kind of progress on it because it, it you'd make really cool characters it is really, really interesting where you end up and what you have and sort of the mishmash of stuff that you get and there a theme sort of starts to develop with your character um i had a lot of traits and abilities i could do some sneaky stuff and move around but um oh that is one thing i wanted to mention i really really love the way that your alliance or your um not alliance what do they call it uh alignment, alignment um works I thought that was very, very, very clever. So if, if anyone's familiar with D&D characters, you are always got some sort of alignment. You're either good or you're evil. You're lawful good or you're unlawful evil or unlawful evil. You know, there's these there's these categorizations of basically being a good character uh, who maybe has got a, a pure good or you've got a streak of dishonesty. But at the end of the day, you've got a heart of gold or you're just pure evil. But hey, maybe you're a pure evil guy who's also, I don't know, every once in a while you do a good deed or donate to a charity, whatever. But... Um, the way you have to move that around is really, really cool because it does create this real deep or sort of not deep, but definitely somewhat fleshed out by the end of the game story of who you are and where you, how you came to be that person or that type of person that does align that certain way. And it might not be where you wanted to be, but it is where you are based upon your very specific and actions that you did. Um, that's so cool. Like the, tri- the the skill cards all have the requirement of moving your alignment in one direction or another to, other to do them. And if you are at, the, say, the edge of the uh, little skill card board or alignment board, sorry, uh, and you have to move in a certain direction and you can't, well, you just can't do that skill. And so that system was really, really, really cool. And I like how it played out with the alignment creating like well yeah you can pick pockets but guess what it's going to force you this force you farther every time you do it you get farther and farther this way and so you got to plan on well i need another card to do something to offset that action that's maybe uh pushing me the other way and so just the interplay of that was so cool i really really like that yeah. uh what stands out to you about this game like is there a mechanism or other that you really thought was cool or you it kind of struck you as oh that's interesting um in general I mean, or what do you think kind of all of it i just like the I tend not to like games where I have to do like little bits of computing every time. I'm like, okay, if I add the, the six plus the three, I'm like, like the like yeah. I, the uh, smash up. I I just do not like smash up because every time I'm just like, okay, yeah. then add the three from mine and the two from yours, and then double that for his ability, and then we're at twenty six, which isn't quite there. And if I place it, like, I hate smash up because I'm constantly doing this just little bits of adding where I'm going to make a mistake by adding one or less. I actually enjoy this i did not mind this because it was pretty simple 
you usually it's it's not usually there are a few things where it's like you it has to be 18 or it has to be 17 but you know you can kind of get it's only three dice that's all it ever is you're not dealing with like 16 cards on one base type of a thing with smash up this is just like okay you've got three dice the best you can do on a die is six so i'm still within the range of things that i need to do here and you can kind of it Oh, wait, I screwed that math up. I can use this ability to kind of fix that math that I screwed up earlier type of a thing. <laughs> and so I, I I was surprised at that because usually with the games where I have to keep adding like little bits of things every time, I just get irritated with. This one I didn't mind so much. Yeah. That's, that was for me. Yeah, I totally agree with that. I, I feel the same way about Smash Up. I really want to love it, but I find it – I just get annoyed with it. <laughs> like I find it – like and I, I play it. Here and there, and I, I enjoy it, but it's definitely not one that I'm like, oh, I got to play Smash Up again because I just feel like, oh, right, I remember why. Like, this is fun, but I remember why I'm not, like, clamoring to play this game. Right. It yeah. is. It just feels like I, I want to have a, the epic – the the play of that's promised with Smash Up, this epic battle between these <laughs> these crazy factions um, is just devolves into – adding <laughs> an addition and, and those are fine things to have in a game but it sort of takes away the epic story that, that is i want to have happen there yeah um but yeah i have to say this game is so well designed it is such a clever a take on a just doing a game around this theme but also just gaming in general they did a really really good job with an interplay of a lot of mechanisms that they kept very simple but weave together very well and kind of like you said you can you can sort of shift your focus around based on how the game is presenting itself and also what you should be doing or want to be doing in the game very seamlessly it doesn't seem like you're breaking the game in any way to kind of try to do things your own way yeah which is really really impressive yeah and you you mentioned there are uh there are expansions to this. I'll kind of just do a quick overview. I haven't played any of them, but I have uh, looked into them a number of times. The two, There are two main expansions. I think there are a few promos here and there. Uh, the first one is Monsters and Minions. Uh, as you mentioned, you can actually – people are just like, wait, you're just building a – fight things in this one. Uh, so I, it adds – Basically, uh, a monster, one big bad monster, like a boss monster at the end of the game, uh, and it also adds minions that you can attack throughout the game. So instead of uh, going and um, uh, going purchasing something at the market, you can instead choose to attack the current minion that is on the minion deck. Uh, you get certain combat dice based on whatever statistic is there so for example it could be a goblin where it's you get plus one combat die for every three gold you have or uh there's a bugbear where you get plus one combat die for every two experience points you have and there's also experience cubes or it could be something like i think there's one where it's bats and you get uh additional dice for every uh die that you've placed in your character sheet that is a one so if you have a bunch of ones in your character sheet you're going to easily take down these bats the first time it's just <laughs> it you're kind of building it towards certain like oh i can i can take on that one pretty easily based on the way i've built my character and so that you're kind of looking at that and you can attack them to get uh extra experience and more gold uh you might take injuries uh but Usually you're attacking them to get a sense of the big bad monster that you're going to be attacking. You kind of have a general idea of how many points you can score off the monster, and there's a bunch of different uh, end boss monsters. But uh, similar to, I guess, uh, Kingsburg, where you don't really know what you're up against, you can kind of figure it out. There are three different cards. I think one of them is place. One of them is – there are three different characteristics, and they each have a way you get – extra combat dice but 
if you take out a minion and you do well at taking out that minion, you can look at one of those cards and be like, okay, now I know the location. So now I know that, you know, for everything, every uh, one that I have all the same color in, I get an extra combat dice. So I want to try and do that. Or it could be that's that, that one where I mentioned where it's for every one that you have in your character sheet, you get an extra combat die. So maybe you don't mind having one. So that one that you gave up on, try and just completely tank it and have a bunch of ones in there. You weren't going to score any points for it anyway. Now you're going to score extra points because you're going to have so many extra combat dice at the end. Um, there are a few extra things in there. I think they included, and I can't, I feel like it's this expansion uh, where they included some extra dice that are boost dice. Uh, these dice go from three to, I believe, nine. Uh, they don't count as a color, uh, but they can make it a little bit easier for you to get those those values make it less of a burden to try and jack up your stats uh it just makes it a lot easier because they, they, they're just higher values so that is uh the monsters and minions and then the other one after that is the fiends and familiars uh so i can't remember exactly everything the familiars part of it uh you basically tack on an extra part onto your character board which is your familiar uh so that's Again, three extra dice now that you get to place on your board. There's there's a way they make up for the fact that now this would technically extend it. It doesn't extend it. You you do a different way of kind of placing your dice, and there you kind of interchange. There's somewhere in the middle of the game where you're gonna add extra dice than you normally would. Act, uh, you normally just add one every turn. This one you can add two every turn. Uh, but it once every time you place a die into that area, it has its own special ability based on the familiar. So it's like oh you place it here you get to do this cool special thing that only you get to do when you place a die on your familiar uh the other thing it adds is it adds uh even weirder dice which are two colored dice uh the dice that can be two different colors uh the the previous colors that are in there so it's like a dice is both blue and purple and it has a number on it the the limiting thing is even though it is between two colors and technically it's both uh it the dice only go up to a value of four so they're a little bit less hefty when it comes to that but they match certain colors a lot easier uh, which can score you points if they match the color of your class type of a thing uh, and i think it actually adds a few other uh, things that you can throw into the monsters and minions if you have that so it gives you extra things to go out and kill and extra monsters to go up against uh, but that's basically the what the expansions do yeah cool those sound really interesting <clears throat> yeah, I'd definitely like to check those out for sure. Um, all right, let's talk about uh, – we, I think we pretty much covered, like, who this is for and who this is not for. This is definitely a gamer's game. I feel like this yeah. is not an intro game. <laughs> this is not uh, um, – I – you know, if, you, if you're in this theme, if you like kind of not, – not, you don't have to like D&D necessarily, but if you just like this kind of, like, fantasy theme or you like um, the idea of creating a character from scratch, you're really going to – you're going to like this game. I think you're going to kick out of it. Um who it's not for, I think, is also is just very apparent. If you like lighter games, or if you like games that um, I don't know, like basically are not what we just talked about, <laughs> then yeah. then probably steer clear from this one. But it is a well designed game, and I think most gamers would probably get a kick out of it if nothing else. And I think a lot of gamers would would like this game uh, for what it does. But uh, would your mom like it? Hell no, your mom would not no. like this game. <laughs> oh, there's no way in hell. This is like as far away as possible from a game your mom would like. <laughs> there's a lot of dice, but guess what? You only get to roll a few of them each turn, and then you only get one. <laughs> that is not a game that Mrs. Cruzy is down for, and no, not uh, at all. even <laughs> beyond that. So, um, 
But, uh, okay, let's talk about taking it out on the table, though. And here's where it's going to hit a bit of a wall for uh, this uh, series that we do is role player is kind of a hog. It's a bit of a table hog. So initially when I suggested it, I just remember uh, seeing it and seeing, like, oh, you got a little player board and you're just kind of, like, you know, putting dice on it and stuff like that. Yes, that is where it starts. But then it slowly grows for adding cards, uh, skill cards to the left of the your board, trait cards beneath your board, and then uh, equipment cards and uh, armor car or armor and weapon cards on the right side of your board. So your board or player area is slowly going to expand <laughs> and expand throughout the game um, until you kind of have your you know your area in front of you. Is pretty much taken up by this this sheet. It's a, it's a nice size for what it is. I wouldn't want it to be any smaller, but it definitely it takes up a bit of space uh, in front of you. So this does not pass a pizza test, I would say, but it oh, does no. pass. Uh, I think you could definitely eat around this game or play. Have a, for sure have drinks around this game um, and and have food, but it definitely would be the game is center stage and the food is tucked off to the side, as opposed to some other games where we can tuck the food to the side and or the sorry the game to the side and eat our food <laughs> right in front of us. So yeah. Um, the flip side to that though is I think the vibe of this game, although it is a bit of a I'm doing my own thing. Um, type of game and i don't really have to focus on what you're doing you, you do have to interact and especially because if you're playing in a competitive way you want to see what they're excuse me going for when you're choosing dice or initiative placement um so you do have to pay attention to what other people are, are doing it doesn't quite have the vibe of like um some games where there's a lot more interactivity where there's more of like oh i'm i'm lobbying against you or for you or here's my turn oh no i messed it up it's just more of there's there's just uh, the way the game flows that does allow for a fair amount of uh, uh, table talk. That being said, though, on your turn, you're going to be focused on what you're doing and not on your turn. You're going to be focused at least a little bit on um, uh, what you're going to be doing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then so so it's not it, this is more of a chill vibe as opposed to a very like uh, excited game. Everyone's talking and chatting and having a lot of crosstalk type of game. Yeah, uh, which I don't think don't think is bad. It's it's actually a nice to kind of have that option in a takeout game when you're just looking for like more of a chill experience. This this yeah. is definitely going to do it for you in a good way. I I think this game for taking out. I think this is a decent game for just after the meal, uh, where you're just kind of like, all right, we've we've already kind of gotten over the basic chit chat stuff of oh how you doing what's been up you know kind of catching up you've eaten your meal the the table's been kind of cleared a bit so you have a lot more room and you can just kind of have your drinks maybe a dessert uh and you can just kind of like just have some fun i think this this is the perfect game for that situation it's a lot less of during the meal type of a it's it's very much an after dinner after a big kind of thing then you can kind of make room for this this is a great after after your meal game, I think is perfect for it because it's it doesn't take up so much that it would be difficult to fit on your standard uh, dinner table. It's just it it, it 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 as you mentioned, it does need to kind of be the main focus of what's on the table. Uh, but you can kind of fit things around the side. You can kind of uh, scrunch up some cards where they where they don't need to be type of a thing if you if you just kind of remember that. So it's it still works for taking out. It's just you have to find just the right time when you're out. Uh, for it to work 
Yeah, yeah, I think that's really a way to put it. A good way to put it. All right, should you decide to take it out, what is it going to look like on the table? So, um, <clears throat> so I kind of mentioned in front of each player, you're going to have your player board, and this is going to be. Um, let's see. About in real life, I, I don't know the size of them off, off the top of my head, but the I mean, boards are basically the, the size of the box almost. So, yeah, is it like? Would you say it's like a little bit smaller than a printer paper size? I'd say it's about the size of a piece of printer paper. About, about the size. Many. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, yeah. So there you go. That's where you start <laughs> with that in front of you. Um, you've got a lot of information that you, you have your initial dice. The dice are all, all placed on the board. The board is really cool. It's got cutout slotted areas for the dice, which is really nice. So they don't have an, if you bump it, odds are, unless you bump it really hard, you're not going to disrupt it. Um, if you're playing on tabletop simulator and you accidentally roll several dice at a time, like I did, then that's a different story. But, um, but yeah, it's it's not going to really shift too easily. The only thing that would shift is probably your alignment little cube uh, a little easier because it's not in a slot; it's just sitting on the board there. But you have a lot of information there, so your alignment, your class, and your backstory are all on that board, um, dealt out to you, and then flipped over to be shown on the board. Um, and that's where you start. As the game progresses, you're going to be adding cards around the three sides of the board, the left, right, and uh, lower side of the board, um, if you choose. Not necessarily. Sometimes, like Alex, I don't think you had any skill cards throughout the whole game. I did not. So, I wanted yeah. to. They just so, didn't work out for me. <laughs> right, right. And so you, you're going to have some areas that have more cards. I had a lot, so I had a lot of skill cards. And I think I had one trait and or two, one or two traits and then um, some equipment. So... You're going to have something around your board. That's going to change every every game. But suffice to say, you're going to have space occupied as the game progresses uh, and you get cards that you're going to be placing around your board in some form or another. Um, in the middle of the table is where, obviously, you're going to have the draw piles and the market and the initiative set up. So depending on the player count, you're going to have that many initiative cards plus one. Um, <clears throat> and then those are uh, – you're going to have a bag of dice – and you're going to have the market that's out there, too, for cards when you're uh, ready to buy at the market. You're also going to have a bag or a pile of gold coins and, uh, like I said, the the draw and discard piles for the market cards. So um, these are the things that you can arrange. You can arrange them kind of however, but, you know, it, uh, you can have a designated roller, too, um, if you want to do it that way. But basically they need to be visible to everybody because at some point people are going to need to grab from the market and they're going to need to see what's available um, to them. Um, but that's, I mean, that's pretty much it. it. It's, it's a lot of stuff, but it, like Alex said, it's still like the middle of the table stuff can really kind of be shifted where you need it to be. So everyone can see it, but it doesn't have to necessarily be center table. So you'd actually do have a little bit of space or some space in there to uh, mess around with. Um, but yeah, like we said, it's a bit of a table hog, but by no means the worst <laughs> table hog you could imagine in games or that exists in games, but, uh, it's definitely going to take up a bit of space. Um, so I would say, I don't know. I mean, like you could probably play this, it probably you couldn't play this, I guess, on a, uh, cafe top table, like those high oh, no. top circular no, tables. No. This would be too big, <laughs> but you could play it on like at a bar at a bar galley table or on a bigger, just square table, um, that you, I think you'd easily get this going. There wouldn't be much room for much else in some of the smaller tables, but you could easily do that and have some drinks or maybe a snack or two or there. Yep. So not too not too bad. Not too bad. Definitely feasible. Definitely doable. Uh, all right. Let's see. I think I think we've covered it all. Do we get we everything? We covered here? it all quite nicely, I feel like. 
Nice. One of our best, we'd say. <laughs> uh, all right, everybody. Well, that's Role Player. Definitely worth checking out. I think it's a really cool game. It's it's a, such an interesting structure, and it's very well designed uh, and presented. And their world that they're sort of creating through their games with cartographers and obviously these expansions as well, uh, it's cool. It's well done. It's 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 very thought out, um, and it doesn't sort of smash you over the head with, here's the backstory. It's just sort of like, here's what's this world looks like and you can kind of build your own story about what this means uh and i like that i like that i thought i think that's really cool all right well that is role player check it out um i am going you know what i'm gonna even skip the rhyming today <laughs> my son brought home um uh, <laughs> a cold and my wife and i are all so we've all been suffering through it all week and <laughs> i am just tired and exhausted so i'm gonna take the easy way out and to let you guys that you can get a hold of us in a couple different ways, of course, on Twitter and Instagram at Chits and Chat. You can also go to our podcast hosting page, eavesdrop.com, and scroll down to the Chits and Chat page and fill out our comment form there. Uh, we'd love to hear from you guys, hear what you're playing, and hear your thoughts on what we've been reviewing or some suggestions on other things we could review. But until then, thank you all for listening, and we will catch you all on the next episode. Bye. Bye.